Welcome to Achieve Wealth through value-add real estate investing. This is the show where the guru hype is banned and you get direct insights from commercial real estate operators. If you're a passive investor, this show can help you better understand investment opportunities. And if you're an active investor, the lessons from each episode can help you to become more effective in your own deals. Now, here's your host, investor and author, James Kandasamy. Hi, this is James Kandasamy. Thank you for listening to this podcast. I appreciate you. I know I provide a lot of value through this podcast and I want you to share it with your friends, with your families and anybody else that you know that kind of benefit from listening to this kind of content. Go share it through Facebook, through LinkedIn, through Twitter, through Instagram or any other channels that you want to share it because sharing is caring. Thank you. Let's go on with the show. Hey audience, this is James Kandasamy from Achieve Wealth Podcast. Today, I have Marco Santorelli. Marco is the host of Passive Real Estate Investing Podcast and founder of Norada Real Estate, which is a premier real estate investment firm based out of California. His mission is to create financial freedom by taking guesswork out of investing. And he focuses a lot on single-family turnkey investment model. We are just going to talk a lot about that uh, because we are so used to syndication, the commercial model, but I really want to look at this uh, concept of a single family turnkey because it does give us another option to invest passively. So, hey, Marco, welcome to the show. Thanks, James. I'm uh, happy to be here and I'm looking forward to sharing some value with your audience. Awesome. Awesome. Thanks for coming. I've heard your podcast a few times. I know, I know you've been doing this podcast for the past uh, three to four years. Um, I like the pace of the podcast because you know you are a cool guy like me too. You know, we, all talk, <laughs> we all talk slow and steady and you know we put a lot of thought process into our uh, audience. And this is what you know, I want to do to you know, find out a lot more about you. But So can you explain your business model, which is I think your company is called uh, Norada Real Estate. Is that right? Yeah, Norada Real Estate Investments. Okay. okay. Yep. Why don't you talk about your investment model using a single family turn? Yeah. So our model is pretty simple. You know, we we are essentially a nationwide company that provides what we call turnkey rental properties. These are properties that are new or like new. They're in good markets, good neighborhoods, they're tenant occupied, they're cash flow positive from day one, they're professionally managed. And it's about as passive an investment in true ownership of real estate as you can get. So we like to think of it as an almost done-for-you service. Um, Essentially, we've done 80% of the work. We have one to 200 properties at any given time across 20 or so markets. And so our goal is really to help 1 million people create wealth and passive income by putting them on the path to financial freedom with real estate. And we do that because we provided essentially a turnkey model, a done-for-you service where we provide free education and free services to help you build your real estate portfolio, primarily out of single-family homes, but sometimes duplexes and fourplexes. So when we can save you or your audience or whoever it may be a lot of time by doing a lot of the work and helping you do the rest of that due diligence and choosing the properties in the different markets that make sense for you, whatever your investment goals are. 
then we can help those million people and achieve our mission. Got it. So, so let's say, I mean, a lot of our listeners are, they are passive investors in syndication, commercial real estate, right? Such as multifamily, right? I think primarily from multifamily. So, I mean, we we'll tell everybody, hey, this is passive investment. You invest with a sponsor. You're going to, these are the benefits that you're going to get. You're going to, you're going to get a tax benefits. You're going to get cash flow. And you're going to work with a sponsor who's going to run the show. Why they should look at this as an option? It's exactly that. It's an option. It's just, it's not to say that, you know, a syndication is better or worse than being a direct investor in your own portfolio of single families, duplexes, fourplexes, or whatever the case may be. You're still, you're still saving time by whether you invest in a syndication, like the deals that you're putting together uh, and being a limited partner and a passive investor in that type of deal where you have other investors or you're a direct investor, you own your own portfolio um, with you know 80% of that work and research and due diligence and finding the deals and all that other stuff being done for you, It's you're saving time on both ends. So they're very comparable. One of the main differences is that with a syndication like what you do, you're in a partnership. You know, you're a limited partner on a deal and you still get the tax benefits, you still get cash flow. Uh, the cap rates may not be the same because, you know, as you know, in the apartment space, cap rates have been compressed all across the country. Uh-huh. It's become harder and harder to find good apartment uh, deals out there. Even value add, you know, we talk about, you know, we were talking about some of the other people in the space. They're finding a hard, they're having a hard time finding good deals uh, to actually fix up and increase the rents on. Um, but the point is, is you're, you know, you're participating in a partnership. When you're buy, building your own portfolio of single-family homes, duplexes, fourplexes, whatever the case is, you're the direct owner. Uh, you have all the benefits, but you still have similar benefits. You have cash flow. You have a rate of return. You have leverage. You have time saving. You have equity growth. You have all those same things. It's just a slightly different way of being a passive real estate investor. Got it. So I think the main reason why I do commercial, I mean, I started with single-family, right? And I moved away from single-family because... Uh, just too much work and that that's where the passive uh, benefit comes in in this turnkey model right but there's also the single family is based on comps in multifamily in my mind is is all va- you need to do value add if you do a, a core deal which is basically cash flow from day one with limited upside you don't have to really do a a, a commercial real estate you can go into a single family or you can even do something else right so in single family model how do you decide on how much money you're going to be making. I mean, you can't decide, you can perform it, right? How do you model the, the total investment return, let's say for five years, right? I mean, do you look at just day one cash flow? Like today, how do you tell your investors, hey, you buy this deal, you're going to get uh, this much cash flow? Or do you look at overall horizon? Do you do rent growth projections and all that? So, okay, good question. Before I answer that question, let's let's be clear about what you just said about the increased value in a commercial deal. If you're doing value add where you're putting in time and money to to improve that commercial property so you can increase the rents and by increasing the rents, you increase the net operating income. And in, in doing so, you're increasing the value, the market value okay. of that property. Correct. What you're doing is what's referred to as forced appreciation. You're taking mm-hmm. something that's worth X, you're doing something to it, you're making improvements and turning that value into Y and whatever that value you've, you've created is increased equity, right? Mm-hmm. That's the value add play. And that's what a lot of people 
do and like to do and want to do because it's a way to create that equity growth. It's it's forced appreciation. You co- you contrast that to residential real estate. Residential real estate is valued upon the sales comparables within that local area, that neighborhood, and that market. So as a market appreciates, as neighborhoods appreciate, the value of your property goes up as well. Um, If you look at what markets do in general, but neighborhoods specifically, but if you look at markets, they appreciate over time, some of them more than others, and there's various drivers that affect appreciation rates. But ultimately, what happens over the long term is properties will appreciate in lockstep with the real rate of inflation. That's what they're supposed to do because real estate is nothing more than a bunch of commodities. It's sticks, bricks, concrete, and copper. So because commodities go up uh, over time because of inflation, the value of that property, the replacement value goes up as well. And that's why you see appreciation. Now, appreciation is affected by dynamics in the market, such as increased demand, gentrification, jobs coming in or jobs going out. That's what helps... uh, that's what affects the, you know, the. Uh, that's what creates the fluctuations in the price of properties over time. But to your question, you know, how do you profit? How do you measure your returns with real estate? I break it down into five categories. One is your income. That's the cash flow from the property. Every month, your property is generating net income, and that's cash flow. It goes into your pocket or your bank account. It's real spendable cash. Number two is you have equity growth through the amortization of the loan. If you finance it, which you should, because that's the beautiful thing about real estate, is your tenant is paying off your mortgage for you each and every month. So every month you have a little bit more uh, equity in the property because the loan balance has been amortized a little bit more and more and more every month. Thirdly, it's what we just talked about, appreciation, appreciation through the market dynamics that just happens over time because of inflation. So your equity grows that way as well. That's the third thing. The fourth um, benefit is a form of a return, but it's um, it's a, a more of a stealth return, and that is the tax benefits through the depreciation on the property. With commercial, you can depreciate the improvements over 39 years. With residential, you actually have a faster, a shorter cycle. It's 27.5 years. So the IRS allows you to depreciate the improvements every year over the course of 27 and a half years, that is a direct benefit to you. You don't have to spend a single penny to get that phantom write-off. It's a real write-off, but you don't have to spend a dime to get it. And that's beautiful because it helps increase your overall return because it diminishes the tax impact you have on the cash flow from that property. It's a beautiful thing. It's, 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 it's one of the greatest things about real estate um, that you can't do with any other asset class. And the fifth thing, last but not least, is something that you will appreciate. Uh, and it's one of the most powerful things about real estate and, and this asset class of real estate, and that is leverage. The fact that you can borrow 70 to 80% of the purchase price from a lender and put down only 20, 25, 30% of that purchase price to own 100% of that asset, control 100% of the asset, have 100% of the benefits of that asset is unheard of. It's incredible. Yeah. So that leverage, not only magnifies your rate of return, but it accelerates your your equity growth and your wealth creation um, over time through through investing in real estate. Oh, that's awesome, um, Marco. So the question I have for you, I mean, I'm just trying to compare 
the false appreciation versus the rancom uh, i mean the benefits of real estate you can get it even on multifamily residential right i mean unless you go to the strip center or the commercial uh, that office type of it where depreciation is 39 years. But just looking at force appreciation versus rent-com appreciation, because I think in single family, you really have to wait for the neighborhood to gentrify, the inflation and all that, right? So, so I mean, compared to value at a multifamily versus a turnkey single family, you know, I'd still see a gap in terms of the uh, amount of return that you can get or, or how is the expectation of return from the investors for turnkey single family versus a value at multifamily? You, you actually, believe it or not, the, the overall rates of return on single family homes on residential real estate net out or pencil out to be higher often than uh, a value add commercial play. Unless you have a really good syndication that you know is mismanaged or 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 has a lot of upside potential, where you can come in and create that value, mm-hmm. and and have that those those returns, you know, in three, five, seven years when you exit out of that development or that that project, um, your your upside potential is typically higher with real estate. And if you measure it in terms of the IRR, the internal rate of return. Mm-hmm. It's not uncommon to get 20, you know, in the 20 to 30% range with your internal rate of return on residential real estate. So you have to look at it this way. You have your cash on, you have your cash flow and your cash on cash return. Okay. Uh, you're much like commercial real estate. Okay. Your apartments uh, with residential, often your cap rates, your capitalization rates are going to be a little higher than in commercial the cap rates in the commercial space have been compressed much more so than residential, but also because residential, particularly single family homes are so abundant, it's the most abundant and available housing stock in the country. You have the ability to pick and choose from a wide variety or wide uh, list of markets, sub markets and neighborhoods with the, all those variables with, with that amount of choice, you can actually pick the types of cap rates and returns that you want. So if I want better cash flows, I know the markets to go to and the neighborhoods to be in to get those higher cap rates and those higher cash on cash returns. If I want greater equity growth, greater appreciation potential, I know the markets to go to and the neighborhoods to be in because I see what is going on in terms of growth rates. So I can ride that equity wave or that appreciation wave, not to speculate, but just because I know what the trend is in the market. So I can actually have the best of both worlds. I can have lots of cash flow, some growth. I can have lots of growth and some cash flow. I can have a hybrid of the two. And those are the three market classifications that we use, that we have when we work with clients because we ask them. Do you want more growth potential or do you want more cash flow or do you want kind of a the best of both worlds and somewhere in the middle? And and in doing so, we can help determine, not predict or, or guarantee, but we can help determine the path that, that investment will be on over the course of the next two, three, and five years. So when you look at the and the, the and just to finish answering your question, I will say yeah. this that most properties in good areas like healthy markets and good neighborhoods tend to appreciate anywhere from three to six percent per year on average over the long term. Why? 
because of what I said before, they tend to keep pace with the real rate of inflation. Sometimes things move that appreciation rate up faster, and sometimes it drags it down slower. Uh, and a lot of that has to do with jobs and job growth and the economics or the you know the industry, what's going on in the market. But when you when you smooth those things out and you average it out, you can expect to see three, four, five, six percent, sometimes seven percent. Um, average rates of appreciation over time. So when you do the math, when you add up your cash flows and you add up your equity growth, that's your total return. And when you took take that total return and you divide it into what your initial investment was, you, you tend to find that you have double digit returns on your investments in residential real estate. Uh, and sometimes it's more than what you can get in forced appreciation plays with commercial. Got it, got it. So I think what you're saying is with the cap rate compression in the multifamily space or any anything right now, right, in commercial space, everything is compressed. Um, you are not getting really good cash on cash, I guess, right? I mean, unless you go and find a really good value add where you can get on the back end, right, where you can get the profit on the back end, your cash on cash and you're doing a pro forma is... It's, I think in, in single family, because I've done single family, I know that cash flow is much better than multifamily, right? Is that, is that a true statement? The cash on cash is much higher, right, on a, on a true basis. Yeah, often. Most of the time. It depends on the deal, but most yeah. of the time, that's what you'll find. Yeah. and but, but the problem with doing that cash on cash is like when you manage your own rental, you put a lot of time too into it, right? So people don't want to do single family. It's not more passive. It's become an active investment. Right, well, so. that's only if you choose to manage your own properties. Uh, mm-hmm. Most of the, almost all of our clients never manage their own properties. We we actually suggest they don't and recommend they don't. They can if they want to, but the, the reality is, is they're investing in other markets. It could be mm. hundreds of miles away, sometimes thousands of miles away. Got, that's, yeah, why, that's why you bring the value, I guess, right? As a turnkey investment uh, company. Yeah, your, your, your rentals are 99% of the time being managed by a local company, a local full-service property management company that is taking care of everything from soup to nuts. So they're they're screening the tenants, placing the tenants, collecting the rents, uh, doing inspections, uh, handling any tenant questions or repair issues. They're basically doing everything. You never hear from them. Every month you get a deposit into your bank account because they're forwarding you the net rent. Great. You know, that's what I want to see. Because I have my rent coming in to the bank account every month, and then I have my principal, interest, taxes, and insurance coming out. So I get a deposit every month, and my you know my my expenses are being paid every month, and I don't see it happen. I see it in my bank statement, but I don't have to be involved in it. It's basically real estate investing and cash flow on autopilot. The only time I hear from the property management company is when there is. Um, if and when there is a you know a repair issue that is above a certain dollar amount, let's you know three four hundred bucks, then they have to get my approval for it, and then you know we have them go out and get bids, and you know we uh, you know just take care of whatever repair needs to be made. That's it. Got it. So what is the I thought if I if I want to summarize the benefit of investing in this turnkey real estate investment, where turnkey single family home or not duplexes or fourplex versus multifamily syndication is there are just so many of those out there and you own the whole property yourself rather than going to a syndication where it's still passive, right? I mean, turnkey is a passive, uh, someone's managing it for you. 
But I think in this case, uh, in, in multifamily, it's also the sponsors managing the whole investment plus the property. But I think uh, there's a lot more inventory to get in and you own the whole thing, right? You can decide yourself, right? Uh, is, that, is that a true statement? And there's a lot of inventory and it's easy to buy, easy to sell as well, right? And whereas syndication, you have to wait for someone to find a deal and you're really depending on the sponsor, right? I mean, depending on the sponsor is the same, I think. So I'm trying to I'm trying to understand the pro and cons between these two models so that I, I can articulate it well to the listeners. Is that is that a true statement? So a, a syndicated deal, if you're investing in a syndication, mm-hmm. like you know, like an apartment complex or whatever you're doing, a commercial deal, a syndicated deal, mm-hmm. it actually is a little more passive than mm-hmm. you know than the passive investments we have to offer okay. because you're you're removing one layer of involvement, which is you as the owner, you as the investor, you know, working with your property management company that's managing your property, you as the syndicator are the manager of the investment. So I don't need to deal with you, but if I'm dealing with anybody, it's with you, but you're the one who's on the front line uh, managing the investment, like overseeing everything. So, but, but the give and the take there is that it's truly more passive, but you have partners and you're, overall rates rates of return may not be as good because you're sharing that pie with other people. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's, mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. it's still a great investment. Syndications yeah. make a lot of sense for, for a lot of people with being a direct investor on and having a portfolio of rental properties, you are, you have no uh, shares with anybody. You are a direct investor. You have a hundred percent of the benefits. You own hundred percent of the cash flow. You have hundred percent of the equity it's 100% yours. Um, you hire your property managers, just like you do with a syndication. You have management company, a management company involved. You still have a management company. The only difference is, is that management company is dealing directly with you as opposed to dealing with uh, the syndicator who is, you know, again, that frontline management person on the asset. Uh, that, that's really the main difference. Yeah. So, But you also still, when, when, when the AC goes down in, the, in that unit, they're going to call you for a decision, I guess, right? <laughs> Topic. If there's a problem with the AC and it's and it's over a, yeah, if it's over a certain dollar amount, whatever that threshold is in your contract, your management contract, mm-hmm. they're going to call you, let you know what the problem is, what the solution is, and what the cost is to uh, repair that. It's still getting paid. Doesn't matter whether it's an apartment or a single family home. If there's a problem with, you know, the HVAC or the hot water or whatever it may be, someone's got to fix it, and there's a cost involved in that. It's going to it's always going to come out of the repair and maintenance budget. Yeah, one thing I, I mean, when I was in the beginning, um, when I was looking at single family, I mean, I was in single family, I was looking at multifamily. The other thing that I realized is in multifamily, we do budget all our maintenance costs into the performer itself. And that's where we get the cash flow, right? So we can predict cash flow. Whereas it, and you have a lot more people renting in a, in a commercial, in a, in a multifamily, right? But in single family is one person. Let's say today I call you and they say two months from now, I close on a house. Let's say something big happened, then your performance is going to be impacted. Do you do you guys do you do budgeting as well on the repair and maintenance as well on a yearly basis? One hundred percent, all the time. It, okay. there, there's no difference in the in looking at a cash flow analysis or pro forma for an apartment as as mm-hmm. a single family home. Mm-hmm. It's exactly the same thing. Got it. The only difference the only difference between the two is the scale. Mm-hmm. It's one unit versus ten units or a hundred units. It's just the number of units. Everything is, you know, it's a multiple of ten or a multiple of a hundred. But okay. it's the same thing. You got your income, mm-hmm. you know, your income sources of income, and your your expenses. They're all the same. 
you're still budgeting for vacancy. You're still budgeting maintenance and repairs. You know, you still got CapEx. You, you, there, everything is the same. It's just the number of units. It's the scale of it. But it's the same. I think the I think the biggest benefit I see, I mean, this is just my point, is like today I can call Marco and find, hey, I want to buy like three single family homes, right? And you will find the deals for us, for, for me, I guess, right? And I can get started, right? Then now I have to go to network with people, I have to find which syndications better, I have to find this, I have to attend like three webinars to do three deals, I guess. If that's true statement, it's much easier to get into the turnkey single family home real estate. That's one of the biggest benefits as well, right? The the deals are easier to find Correct. because they're already found in our case. We okay. don't have to find anything. We, we have like 100, 150, maybe 200 turnkey rental properties available for purchase at any given time. So the inventory is there now today. Um, what is simpler is the financing. The due diligence is a little easier. The overall costs, the closing costs and, and due diligence costs are cheaper. Uh, the financing is far more abundant on residential than it is on commercial. Mm-hmm. It's also set quasi sponsored by the government. You know, the government sponsored entities like Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are providing unusually cheap financing for residential. And the financing terms are typically better because you can get a 30 year fixed rate mortgage on residential. Whereas with commercial, you can't. It's typically a 25-year amortization, and often you're having to recast or refinance that term every three to five years. So the rates can and will change every time you are resetting your term. Uh, So with residential real estate, you have the ability to lock in at a very low, historically low interest rate and, and keep it for 30 years if you wanted to. Yeah, so I think just one... In multifamily, you you still get 30 years amortized loan, but you only get like 10 to 12 years fixed loan. So after 10 to 12 years, it's a balloon. You have to go okay. finance it. But whereas in single family, you get 30 years amortized, 30 year loan, which is awesome, right? So yeah, right. So it makes of. a lot of difference. Yeah, because you can just let it be, you know, just let it appreciate and pay you money for the you know, next 20, 30 years without worrying about refinancing and selling it and all that. Right. So but yep. why why do I need to come to your like firm like you, like a turnkey real estate company, rather than I just open up an MLS or get a realtor here and buy a, a property nearby my backyard and I give it to third party property management? Yeah, it's time. It's just, you know, people are busy. We talk, you know, this is kind of what we were talking about early on. It's 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 people who are busy and don't want to go through the learning curve and having to find the right people with, with a good reputation and vet those people and having to do research on the, all the markets in the US you know I track 504 markets around the United States I know what's going on in each of those markets I know you know migration trends I know price trends I know real estate trends uh, so we we picked those markets we've done the research and due diligence so you can do this on your own you just have to find do the research and find the markets that make sense for you then learn about those markets and find the neighborhoods that make sense and then find the people in those markets that you can work with that know what they're doing that have an investment mentality know how to work with investors maybe are experienced investors themselves have a good reputation 
but you need to assemble a team for your acquisition. That could be a real estate agent or broker, maybe a wholesaler if you're an active real estate investor, maybe finding properties online, which are typically just coming off of the MLS and not the best deals are not always off of the MLS. You know, that's why we have that exclusive off-market inventory. You need to find do the same thing with your property manager. You need to find a, a reputable, uh, reliable property management company that, that provides all the right services for you. The title company, the lender, the inspector, the you know asset protection attorney, the, your tax advisor, and any other types of inspectors that you need. You know we've already we've already done all that. It's already in, under one roof. It's there available for you. The resources are are going to be given to you. So can you do it on your own? Absolutely. The question is is do you want to do it on your own and re reinvent the wheel? What we've already done. Uh, some people do and and do it well. Some people do and you know fall down and make a lot of mistakes and, you know, learn from them, but you can do it on your own. It's just, we save you a lot of time, but here's, here's the other, <laughs> just to kind of, you know, kind of a little, a little plug. We having done all that for you already. And the fact that we don't charge for our services, we have a free service for, for people who want to invest. We're giving you everything we've done for free. So why not take advantage of it? Why, why spend all the time and reinvent the wheel when you can already, we, we can give you the wheel at no cost. Right. Got it. Got it. So basically, I mean, I'm just to recap again, you bring the skill of real estate, the expertise of real estate knowledge to someone who doesn't know anything about uh, real estate. And they just say, I want to park my money in real estate. And that's where you bring your tools, your resources, your network and your knowledge and on the market to this person who may not know much about real estate or don't have the time to do it. And they just want to give it. They want to be really passive. That's where the true value that you bring to the table, I guess. All that is true. However, it's not always new investors. They're not, you know, just starting or newbies. A lot of our clients are, are, believe it or not, busy professionals, doctors, dentists, lawyers, business owners, entrepreneurs, you know, people who have a busy life, have, you know, a, a good income. But look, they just don't want the brain damage of having to go through everything we just talked about. They just want someone to help them. You know, whether it's you with a syndication or us with the turnkey rentals, they're just saying, look, I get it. I understand it. I love real estate. I want to work with somebody I trust. I just need the help. You know, help me invest in real estate. That's the type of person that you and I are helping. Got it. Yeah, that's that's a huge value for a lot of people as well, especially you know people who want to get into real estate. They don't want. They may not know about syndication, or even though they know, they do not want to go with the syndication route. Say, I just let me buy a house on my own. I have uh, this company who's helping me with everything, you know. And I mean, just for your audience, I mean, uh, before we start the podcast, I was talking to Marco about, hey, how do you guys make money? Do you want to clarify that? I mean, because you're giving you a lot of services free in the in the front end. How do what's your business model like? Yeah, so you know, I I, I probably mentioned it like three times here in this recording oh. with you. <laughs> uh, you know that. Sorry about that, that. Yeah, no, I, I'm saying that, you know, we've said that our services, we provide a lot of value and education and provide a complete valuable service. Mm-hmm. And we don't charge you as a client, as an investor. Okay. Uh, so, the, you know, the question I often get asked is, well, okay, that's all sounds awesome. But how do you, you know, how do you stay in business? How do you make Correct. money? Correct. Well, it's very simple. You know, if you just think of traditional real estate, like where you have a real estate brokerage, 99.9% of the time, the uh, you know the, that brokerage is getting paid a commission or, or a, you know some sort of marketing fee from the seller, the sales end of the transaction. You have a buyer and a seller, but it's typically the seller that's that's paying that 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 commission or that marketing fee to the real estate brokerages and agents. 
It's similar in our model. Our compensation comes from the sales side of the equation, not the buy side, which is you, the buyer, our client. So because we get compensated, you know, a, a small fee for each transaction we do on the sales side, that allows us to stay in business provided we're doing volume. And that's exactly what we do. We're one of the largest nationwide providers of turnkey rental properties. And, um, you know, we, uh, we've been doing this for 15 and a half years. And actually, this is new news. This just literally got announced publicly two days ago. Today's Friday. It was Wednesday morning. But we, um, we came out in the top 20% of the Inc. 5000 this year. So we're doing something right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you a little bit more about demographic questions, right? Because whenever in multifamily, we do our analysis and we go for all these conferences and everybody's saying, not everybody's saying, the trend does show that a lot of renters are becoming uh, apartment uh, renters rather than a single family. Right? People are moving out. Millennials are going uh, more into apartments. There's a lot more demand in the apartment compared to single family. You know, what do you think about that? I'm not sure what what the actual question is, though. Well, the question is, is people abandoning single family homes to go and stay in apartments? I don't I don't see that trend. Here's why. There is such a massive shortage of housing in this country. The only reason people would be moving from single family to apartment is two reasons. One, they want to be closer to work or the inner city. And that's what all, all they can afford because it tends to get more expensive as you get close to the inner core or the inner city or where, you know, you have the largest concentration of jobs. So sometimes you have to downsize in order to be able to afford to live there closer to work. Or someone is just truly downsizing and they want to move into less square footage, which is also a trend, particularly with millennials. They want to be able to live where they want to live near the coffee shop and be able to afford it. But the problem is, is we have a severe shortage of housing. We need about 1.4 million new units of housing in this country every year. And we're probably only producing seven or 800,000 new units. So there's a tremendous shortage. So people are living wherever they can find housing, particularly affordable housing. There is a strong trend across the entire spectrum, not just apartments, but single family homes and duplexes, whatever the housing unit is, there's demand across the country for product. There's not enough supply and demand is strong. So it's good for you and us, you and I, you know, us as real estate investors. But I, I haven't really seen any strong data just to show that people are are abandoning single family homes. They're, they're, they're being snapped, snapped up left, right and center wherever they can. Got it. Got it. So it probably is more of a, just a housing shortage in general. Everybody's short yeah. of housing and that's really good for single family homes and uh, apartment homes. What about the buy versus rent ratio, right? Because in your model, the person is buying. I mean, let's say if I look at a person who is renting a home versus person who buying a home, do you think there's a ratio impact over there in, in single family versus Versus multifamily with the mortgage rate now going down so low, right? People can buy houses, right? Like I'm, I'm sure, I mean, a person, a demo, a person in a demographic, let's say in a, in a millennial, right? He probably want to buy houses rather than rent because now buying is so cheap. Well, there, there's a desire for many to own, but the reality is, is that even though mortgage rates have come down, making it more affordable for a lot of people, the reality is, is that property values have appreciated quite a bit in almost every market around the country. So while mortgage rates are coming down, property values have gone up. So we still have this issue of a shortage of affordable housing. Also, since 2008, since we had you know the Great Recession, 
the trend for ownership has been on the slide. You know, we used to have 68, 69% home ownership rates. And now we're, you know, at 63, 62% home ownership rates. That trend continues. It's slowed down, but we're still seeing a downward trend in the percentage of people who own and want to buy or even can buy or can afford to purchase. Again, it's good for us real estate investors because we need to provide safe, clean, functional housing for these people uh, because there's, the tenant pool has grown. There's more people who choose to rent or are forced to rent than can actually buy or want to buy. So here we are. Got it. Got it. All right, Marco, we are almost at the end of our podcast. Why not you tell our audience how to get hold of you? Thank you for asking. I appreciate that very much, uh, James. So really, our two websites is the best place to get a hold of us because we have tons of free content, great articles, free downloadable guides. We have a book coming out this fall, which we're giving away for free. It's called Passive Real Estate Investing. And so, you know, if anybody's interested in that, you can just sign up for it on our websites. So the two websites is noradarealestate.com. That's where we have all our properties posted. Norada is N-O-R-A-D-A, noradarealestate.com. The sister website is the home of our podcast, and that is passiverealestateinvesting.com. Passive real estate investing. Got it. Got it. Well, your sound book title sounds like mine. Mine is passive investing in commercial real estate. Did I tell you I love I love the title of your book? <laughs> you must be wondering. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Marco, thanks for coming in. You had a lot of value in terms of uh, you know looking at a different option, right? Because a lot of my listeners are very familiar with the syndication commercial real estate and they just have to know that there's another option in, in real estate, which is basically turnkey single family homes or you know, fourplex or duplexes, right? The less than four units uh, type of investment. So really awesome to have you here. Thank you. Thank you so much, James. I appreciate your time. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you'd like to learn even more, check out James's free audiobook. It's the audio version of his best-selling book on passive investing. You can get the audiobook completely free, along with other valuable resources, by visiting www.achieveinvestmentgroup.com forward slash free audiobook. Also, be sure to join our Facebook group too. To find it, just do a Facebook search for Multifamily Investors Group. Thanks for listening. Join us again for another episode next week. See you then.